Sober Town. Welcome oh. to another episode of Sober Baddies. I'm here with Elaine Schuyler Neal. And I'm here with Sarah Malloy. <laughs> so you want to jump on that train and ride, ride into the wonderful, amazing, sometimes even terrifying, a little bit, world of sobriety. Yep. You're hanging with the Sober Baddies. Thanks for tuning in. And um, we're glad to have you. We're stoked to be here. We've got We've got a great episode for you, gentlemen. We've got a great topic, an amazing mm-hmm. topic, one that is mm-hmm. good for the sober curious and yeah. one that is good for the long timers. Drum roll, yeah. drum roll, drum roll. Yeah, you sober <laughs> veterans, stay with us. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're going to talk today about the surprising benefits of going alcohol free. And this really applies to everyone out there. And there's so many on this list. And sometimes even, you know, sometimes when you're just starting out, you don't even know what those benefits are. And then after a while, you kind of almost forget what they are and you have to remind yourself. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Like when I started thinking about this, I was, I kind of got going on this train of like why I got sober and there is not really nearly as much there as when you are standing at a sober place and you go, OMG, and then there's this too, and this, and this, it's like unwrapping gifts. And yeah. you, stuff that you don't see when you go, I gotta quit, I'm quitting. This is, this is an episode for anyone who is sober, anyone who's considering sobriety, going, oh, should I do it? What, what, what's in it for me? What am I gonna get out of this? <laughs> <laughs> what are they even and, and you can listen to it if, you know, you're feeling tempted or you're going or you're going through like early sobriety and it's kind of fucking hard. And you're like, you know, what, what should I hang in there for? I mean, you can um, you can play it for your boss. You can like sneaky, like email it to your boss if you feel like maybe they no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is good, though, because. You know, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of change in perspective in the beginning and to remind yourself like why you're doing it because it gets hard. Like, even if you go through the days and you're like, this is good, this is great, this is awesome. Then you've got the one person that comes out of like the cubicle next to you and they're like, but happy hour. Uh 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 And then you're like, oh, damn, I forgot about all the fun I'm going to be missing out on. Yeah. Which isn't true, as we talked about last week. But yeah, a thousand percent. There's a million to drink. There's all you can find a reason to drink. But there are miracles. That's true. Today, we've come together. So hop on. So what we have here, we we've got these lists that we made. Sarah just pulled out a binder. (laughs) We're going to uh-huh. be here a while. Trapper, <laughs> trapper keeper. Trapper keeper even. That's awesome. <laughs> so we made these lists and um, I don't know what's on a list. I know. We're just going to share <laughs> them. And I, so girl, did you do most important, most profound? I or did you just sort of... them. And then I also picked a <laughs> sub A part one to be three. Okay. No, these are totally <laughs> unabridged, unappetizing, unalphabetized, <laughs> totally just off the cuff. Yeah. But what was great about it was, though, when I was listing them out, I started getting more excited as I was like, oh, and this, oh, and that, yeah. oh my God, this, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's that. Mm-hmm. 
Totally. Dude. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> I your top one? should we flip a coin? <laughs> should we flip a coin? Um, I'll just. I'll I think you should have start. a coin. Is the real question? I know. No, like it's twenty twenty one. Do you even have a freaking <laughs> coin? <laughs> just flip your phone and see what happens. See what side it lands on. <laughs> However many cracks the screen gets is how <laughs> oh many God. we have to do on our list. Oh. Um. <sighs> I okay, so we're gonna go back and forth. I'm sure we have a lot of the same ones. Um, and I, I don't know which one's my, you know, the most important. I don't really know what order they're in. I think we should just start going. And you know, ladies, folks, folks at home, we invite you to play along. Okay, get yourself <laughs> like a bingo sheet. Write down all your reasons for being sober, and then every time we say one, mark it off. There if you, you go. get a bingo. You and then if you get a bingo, you get us. nothing. <laughs> Fuck that. If you get a bingo, you get to revel in the beauty of sobriety. You get to there walk around with sparkles every day. Um, All right. I'm so, just going to jump out there and go first. This yep, isn't my give top, us one. but I have to say, because I don't think most of the people listening are celibate or anything. So I'm just going to go with this one, the juicy one. Get out there. <laughs> I think better sex is a Fuck huge yeah. one because Fuck. hopefully this isn't going to make some people go click next, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, because, because anytime we bring, anyone brings up sex, people run away. <laughs> I know. They're no, like, this I'm not going to get awesome. into the, to the TMIs of this, but all I'm saying is that mm-hmm. like, I think we have this notion, especially because we spend so much time like trying to a- attract the opposite sex in bars and places that we kind of get yeah. used to alcohol before like all that happens. So we have this association with like alcohol and sex, but alcohol actually makes yes. sex worse usually. A thousand percent. I don't think you realize it till you take it away. And at first I've actually been in a couple sober groups um, where women are like, oh my gosh, like I can't get in the mood without booze. I don't think. Yeah. And, yep. um, and I, so I know that that's a fear as well, but once you get past that fear, it's really like, then you realize like, why was I afraid of that? Because sex is way better without booze. Oh, MG Elaine, you're so awesome. What a great, juicy, <laughs> what a great amazing start. start. Yeah. It's, it's, We've got Dr. uh, Dr. Roof coming on after this. (laughs) Uh uh If she just popped in. (laughs) Yeah. Or Dr. Drew Pinsky. Oh, is that another sex therapist or a sex? Yeah. He's the guy that used to do love line. Oh, no. Remember on MTV, Dr. Drew? Yes. Yes. He kind of has what I call male answer syndrome, (laughs) but he is knowledgeable. Okay. Better sex. All the yes. 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 I, I just had a baby. Okay. And so it's, it's sex is kind of hard, you know, after your body goes through basically that entire revolution. (laughs) Yes. And I was struggling with it. I wasn't in the mood. I, my body was used up all fucking day long, you know, and it was just the last thing I really wanted. And then after I quit drinking, I felt like I was in touch with my body again. Mm-hmm. And my body was aroused on its own without like products to help move things along, you know? <laughs> right, right. And 
that is like so rare. Like I almost, I'm, I don't. I feel I, like there's a guy out there somewhere like products question mark on a piece of paper. Yeah, what, product, <laughs> what products are they using to move things along besides alcohol? <laughs> Just to get things, you know, how do you say? going the word is lubricated <laughs> the word is lubricated it's like i just other than vodka wow there's another yeah. there's another lubricant other than vodka say this isn't so <laughs> exactly exactly uh, that's such a good one and annie grace talks about it she says whatever having sex drunk is like one thing it's like kind of maybe for a lot of us one of the only things we really know having sex sober is amazing one person sober and one person drunk is sucky. Yeah. All bad. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of times, a lot of States it's illegal. (laughs) It's true. But it's, it's so much better. And uh, listening to the, did you listen to the relapse of our guy, Shiki, the podcast Mm -hmm. where he, he like took us through his relapse. What's up, Shiki? If you're listening, if you're one of our listeners, shout out to you. <laughs> He's um, he totally about, one of our listeners. <laughs> he better. He talked about how what he calls bedroom exercise was always much better. And so even from a man's perspective, it's better for them too. Well, that's good. You're, you're, you've taken some notes from the, uh, the Brits that you, that you Zoom with. On Wednesdays. Yeah, I do. I know. I do Any try to consider lessons. myself an honorary brand. I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay, better sex. Go Elaine. What else do you want to add? Anything else for that? No, no, no. Better sex. Enough said. Oh, exclamation point with exclamation point. All right. So at the top of my list, I wrote, it's the ballsiest thing you can do. You want to yeah. take a fucking pill? Take a pill of sobriety. You got to look shit in the face. Be a trendsetter. Be a wave maker. Listen, I have a tattoo of an eyeball on the point of my elbow. Okay. You do? I, I didn't know that. Where's that? How does that sure. work out with the Black Widow you got going on? Oh, wow. Damn. It's for real. Okay. It looks like something that would be, a, is that like the, it looks like something that was like on the middle of the Ouija board. It's cool yes, though. It's, it's kind of like that. It's like we that can play nouveau. Ouija on Sarah's yeah. elbow. Uh-huh. That nouveau <laughs> traditional. I have a tattoo on the end of my elbow. Do you want to know why? Because it's yes. the ballsiest thing. It's a, one of the ballsiest places you can get a, a tattoo. I love the idea of jumping out there and being ballsy, which yeah. that's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a patriarchy uh, glorifying word, but I like being bold. I like being a trendsetter. I like being like not afraid to like try something that's scary to other people and yeah. show off how tough I am. And sobriety for me was was that. It was just it's it's a badass tough thing to do. It's not you know it's easy getting fucking drunk every night and swallowing and drinking away all your problems. You know what's I not agree. easy? Showing up. Yeah. So, That is so true. And you know, it's like, it goes back to like, it kind of goes along with something I had on my list, like identifying as a person in recovery, because instead of labeling yourself as just an alcoholic who couldn't handle it, you get the opportunity to be part of like this entire segment of society who's saying no fucking thanks to the substance. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's, that's clearly robbing people of their joy, their money, their health, their relationships, families, some cases, their lives. And you just get to be an 
and all around badass about it. Like you get to just embrace that whole like sense of fuck this, this is Mm -hmm. stupid. I'm moving on. Here's who I am. I'm here. I'm present. And I'm not doing Mm -hmm. that anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you walk into a room and you take inventory of the room while everyone else is taking inventory of their entire lives. Mm-hmm. You just, you're owning your shit. You're walking tall. You saunter, you swagger, you, I just, it's, it's the most rock star thing. And they're like, they're taking, I love wearing at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many drinks can I get in an hour? Yeah. When, when Not is everyone. this, uh, when's the open bar run out? Yeah, dude. And so I just, I love that statement making. So I did, that's, that's one of mine is, uh, being real facing, facing the pain, being real facing yeah, the dude. pain. <laughs> Why do I feel like I'm going to meet you next week and you're going to pull up on like a Harley with like fire coming out of the back. <laughs> She's like, damn it. You guessed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I drive like a very like grocery stroller f- friendly car, but I do there's always a lot of like black leather and involved in almost anything I do. Do you have like an, like one of those Astro vans from the eighties, but it's got like, it's got like a, you know, crazy mechanical sides to it, or I don't know, some sort of, some sort of tough girl, like modifications, you know? Yep. You like the side, the painting of like the unicorn on the side. Like the door um, has like an open thing that's on an auto track, but then like as it opens, it's like death metal that comes out like. <laughs> yes, yeah, there I do play metal in the car pickup line. <laughs> nice, there you go. <laughs> At school, Give me my kid. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. I didn't even put that on my list. Actually, that's funny. Like, but I have this long list. But now that we mentioned kids, if you have them, you know, there's obviously right. more time that you have to spend with them. There's that. Is this your turn? Are you taking your turn? This is my turn. Kids? I'm taking my turn okay. with kids, which right. wasn't even okay. on my list. But I would be remiss if I didn't add them to the list. Yep. I suppose. Yep. Okay. <laughs> kids better time with them you know just being more present for them all around like you said being able to be there for them is huge and being able to set and to break that cycle as well you know um I feel like I've I've potentially broken that cycle in my family where now instead of the drinky baton passing from my grandparents through my parents down to me I can just stop that cycle hopefully and set a better example that they don't have to resort at to be happy or to cope. Yeah. And th- they're not normalizing mm-hmm. um, that drinky, drinky, drunk, just way of being and having alcohol at every event and having right? the original Annie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you ever watched it? Starring uh, Aileen Quinn, Albert Finney. It stars uh, Carol Burnett. What, what was it called? Sorry, you Annie. cut out for like one second. Oh yeah, the original Annie. Okay, maybe you yeah. should repeat that just because it cut out for like five seconds. Oi, they. All right. So uh, quitting drinking for your kids so that they're not normalizing constantly drinking. The other night we watched the movie Annie starring Eileen Quinn, Albert Finney. It also stars... Uh, so good. Carol Burnett, Bernadette Peters, Tim Curry. I mean, it's, it's a classic. It's golden, golden. All right. 
I'm sober and I'm a grown up. When I watched it, I didn't notice, okay, that uh, Miss Hannigan is always drunk and she's, <laughs> she's got bathtub gin. She's got a bathtub full of gin. And I didn't notice that. My daughter is eight. She's like, the, uh, the orphanage teacher reminds me of blank. Someone mm-hmm. in our life that drinks a lot who probably will never listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's probably good. But they're they're, they're blank, so they don't know who they are. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. But it's like, there's someone that my daughter knows who drinks a lot, who that character of that drunk, and my daughter could separate that. She wasn't like, oh, that's how all grownups are. Yeah. She like can see sobriety. So yeah, normalizing, breaking the cycle. What else with kids? I feel like this one's kind of... Yeah, um... Now I'm trying and to I think. don't have it on my list. I was looking on my list. Like, I'm I know, right? How do we, how do we both these two parents omit the kids on the list? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's everything and it parcels out into a lot of other things that we're going to, that we're going to touch on. I'm sure like there are yeah. going to be overlaps, but yeah, I mean, like for me, the biggest thing is setting a better example, being there for them. Um, and and like being there for their life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And not, you know, I mean, like there were all sorts of spooky things I was doing in, in like, in parenthood that I shouldn't have been doing, like taking wine and tumblers to the playground and things mm-hmm. that I just didn't need to be doing. And now like, that's just something that I would never even dream of. Yep. You're just, you're, you're a better parent, which means you're going to put, you're going to raise a more well-rounded, balanced, self-assured individual. Yeah. Let's hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also it's like, we're teaching them to like have healthy risk assessment too, constantly, yeah. constantly, you know, when they're climbing up the slide at the playground or whatever, I'm like, you're not fucking doing that when you're drinking. And <laughs> I just feel like when they make a drawing, like I look at it closer, yeah, exactly. you know, and when they come home and they tell me about something at school, I'm actually like looking in their eyes and I'm listening. Yeah. I think that's a huge, that's a huge distinction. Like, I feel like I was not listening a lot of the time, or I was rushing through things because I was like, because that's just, my mind was preoccupied. And now when you remove that alcohol, it's no longer preoccupied and you want to hear what they have to say. You appreciate every single thing Mm -hmm. that comes out of their mouth instead of like wondering where, like if your Chardonnay is down to its last little sip. Yeah. Yeah. And being like, when are they going to go to bed so that I can like, I can get my mommy wine time. I know it's true people always say you bring home a brand new baby and they go the days are long but the years are short (laughs) and you go yeah I know you know like the days are long but the years are short and like you don't want to miss it you get one shot it's the most important thing it's the point of it all and you're fucking missing it because alcohol is more important yeah, and that's so it true. breaks my heart. It's so true. It's big and it's sad. I mean, um, I think I think there's lots of regret that a lot of parents who drank are harboring. And this that's a whole separate topic. That's a whole separate oh, show. God. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, once you remove it, it's huge. It changes everything. The whole world opens up. When I was very first sober, I was probably 
I don't know, a month or so, you know, at 60 days, maybe. Um, I did a post on the app about how we went to stay at a hotel. My husband was working a lot. And so we went to stay at a hotel just down the road and it was, it was at wine country Inn, and it was like this. I didn't That's even think it was about it. I just, wine country Inn. <laughs> was it in and, the wine country or was it like in Ohio? Yeah. No, it was <laughs> right. No, it was in Grand Junction in uh, Palisade country. That's be- wine Palisade country beautiful. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, it is. Cause they got a lot of orchards and stuff. But I went because they had a screaming deal. It was like the only one that had like a good pool. And I like a nicer hotel. Like I'm not just, whatever. Long story boring. I did a post about how I kind of didn't really think about how it was wine country and how much I'd be faced with all the, they give you a free glass of wine. And when you enter, you know, there's wine at everyone's table at dinner. And I did this post about, it was like a picture of me, like eating French fries and watching bad TV on a hotel bed with my two (laughs) precious babies. And I was like, I'm just so happy, you know? And somebody wrote in and I could cry just thinking about it. She wrote, look at those precious babies. I wish I would have gotten sober when my kids were that young. Oh, that is huge. Yeah, I do think that often. But you know, whatever stage that I think, like whatever stage that people are at listening to this, if they're feeling that same emotion, like you always have the chance going forward. And it's important, like we can't go back anyway. So the most important thing we can do is go forward. But I know that is heartbreaking. It is a heartbreaking sentence. Yeah, I'm sure. But furthermore, like when my dad was, I was like 30, I don't know, 34 or 35. And my dad like quit drinking and he, he tried really hard. He quit, he quit, I don't know, a couple months. And it, it meant so much. We had so many cool conversations and I have pictures of us together. And so like, it matters. It matters no matter where you are. It's true. All right. Next item on the list. I'm just going to do the next one that I wrote. It's uh, vanity, beauty, vanity. skin, hair. <laughs> and I want to age slower. And yes. I, spend, I will spend so much money on lotions and potions and <laughs> waxes and <laughs> all sorts of different things. And there's, there's nothing that can um, bring you actual beauty like sobriety. It's true though. I mean, your skin, like your skin changes even in that first 30 days. And I I think it's something that maybe we only see, like if we took like a before and after 30 days, it just depends Mm -hmm. on the individual, but like my eyeballs, for instance, like I never realized how yellow they were until like 30 days later, I looked at a picture of my, my whites were actually white, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, they didn't look like you kept them in a jar of brown vinegar. I know. I know. And my skin, like it, it just like at my face, I've said this before, but my face looked like somebody, you know, pumped it up with a bicycle pump, you know, uh-huh. my hair was all brittle. My hair is still pretty dry, but like it's Colorado where we live, Sarah. And yeah. I, so we struggle with yeah. dryness out here at high altitude weirdness, but like, For sure. but yeah, I mean, like I've noticed a huge difference in my skin, my hair, even my nails, like all of those, my eyes. Yep. I want to look prettier. I'm not getting any younger (laughs) and it's working. Sarah looks like she's 28, by the way. And she's probably a little older than that. I'm guessing. I'm 40 40 and proud. I'm 40 American years old. And I, there we go. I I would not go back 
for all the money in the world. I know, right? <laughs> I know, it's yeah. so true. But That's man, good- drinking does not look good on anybody. And real quick, I have to add, we started, my daughter and I, we started watching Glow Up. Have you ever watched Glow Up? No. <sighs> it's, it's a British makeup competition. Oh, really? That sounds yeah. fun. Because I can't watch the Great Britain because I've given up sugar. All right. Oh. I can't watch that shit. <laughs> I, it's I too need bad. To That's such wins. a good show, too. Oh, we're like in we're like in the deep dark throes of season four. And I really want to know who wins, but I can't. Anyway, we got going on Glow Up. All right. There's a gal on there, and I hope she's not listening. And I hope this isn't like a defamation of character case or anything. <laughs> but the leader of it, uh, I think her name is Valerie something G. Starts with a G. She's like a world-renowned L'Oreal Paris makeup authority, okay? Mm-hmm. There's only so much makeup will do for you, sweetheart. Oh, it's true. Because <laughs> it's got to come she from looks, the inside. You know, it's it's got to come from the inside. And she looks like she drinks two bottles of red wine a night. Yeah. And then and fucking leans on makeup to do all the heavy lifting. And guess what, dude? Makeup has a limit, bro. Like, and for me too, <laughs> there was a point where I was using like cakey, like trying to makeup. fill in all the micro yes. lines. <laughs> yes. And like the rosacea and the redness and like putting crazy things to make my skin look hydrated, you know? Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like, dude, there's always so like much glow dust and such like shimmer. Yeah. <laughs> There's such yes. kooky things that they sell us women. I swear. Yeah. And guess what? Sobriety is free, brah. Oh, and you and- know what? You just brought up something or I just thought of something that I didn't think of before is that like when you're drinking so much booze, you kind of forget to drink water that is important for your skin. And then when you take booze away, unless you like, you end up usually drinking a lot more water. I mean, I know a few people who like despise water, but, but those people are weird. I actually really love water. Like I do too. But my husband and I, like, we have this running joke about like not drinking water. It's like one of our favorite things to laugh about. <laughs> like, like, oh no, I'm good. I don't need any water. I had some water when I brushed my teeth earlier. <laughs> right. You sound like, like my daughter. She'll be like, oh, I had some water for breakfast. <laughs> I'm good. I've had plenty of water. And have you seen that movie Idiocracy starring no. uh, Luke Wilson, Maya Rudolph, a ton of bunch of other community? Well, it's about the future. And all they drink is like this drink that has electrolytes. And he's like, well, what about water? Like, I feel like, and they're like, water? You mean like from the toilet? <laughs> no one fucking I totally am sold now. I had this former colleague that brainwashed me about like, reverse osmosis water. So now I'm one of those people who buys the water, not in the, like I take the refillable jugs to like the natural grocers and refill like the 25 cent a gallon. I'm one of those people, one of those hippies walking in with the five gallon containers of water every week, because I'm like, got to get my hippie filtered water. I don't want to be drinking other people's antidepressants because that might be, that's another thing people don't know about the water supply is sometimes you end up drinking like other people's medicines who dispose of it incorrectly right exactly well and you pee them out and people don't realize how water gets refiltered and circulated in this country and (laughs) then another thing that's like a real issue that my dad like was really took a lot of he was really big about was um fluoride fluoride yeah like 
like the neuro path of what fluoride does when you ingest it whole nother subject yeah exactly i could go hydration on water <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. hydration but- beauty water mm-hmm. okay beauty was our last one vanity elaine it's your turn i'm making a list of everything that we say i'm writing it down so maybe I- at the end we'll do a recap yeah 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 so i okay. think i think less stress and being less mentally fatigued is a huge one for me um I could, I would get stressed out about everything drinking, like little things would set me off now. Like it really takes a lot to stress me out. Like I'll still feel stressed, but I can manage it a lot better. So maybe stress management is, is, is really the unexpected improvement. I just thought I was just a high stress. I mean, I, I could always manage stress on some level because I had a high stress career and I always felt like, Oh, I can, I can deal with it, but I really wasn't coping with it very well looking back, like I was coping with it through the use of alcohol and that's how I would unwind every day. And, and it kind of just created this stress cycle that I was in. And, and so it just ended up making things more stressful for a lot of reasons, because my alcohol use just trickled into so many different facets of my life that it just became a lot of shit became stressful, (laughs) like more stressful. um, Yeah. And so when you remove it, like I just find that like, it's, it's just things. I don't know if it's just your ability to be able to take things on as well. Like you just don't have that in the back of your mind, that chemical is not in your system anymore. And you're just able to, to like, now I'm like, throw things at me, do it. I know. I know. Okay. One of the things you said was mental peak and like, Mm -hmm. I have stress on here. I have anxiety on here on my list but like mental fatigue that's a you just blew my mind you just blew my mind because you're this is the thing this is one of the things that really was a nail for me and alcohol was when annie grace said what happens is you have a glass of wine to unwind and then you know the after effects of that it calls back out for itself so it creates stress chemicals in the brain to call out for itself so that you will quell those chemicals again. So the thing, the thing that you're doing to calm those feelings is actually what's causing things. And that was, that was such a, that was a mindset shift for me. It blew my fucking hair back. I don't know why I didn't think of it before, but. Well, I don't think like, it's not something that we realize, like, because we just, we just think our lives are stressful. This booze is the answer. This solves my, all my problems. Everybody resolves their problems this way. Everybody does the after work drinks. I don't think anybody thinks like, oh, this is actually contributing to my stress and my fatigue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's so is, and I had mental fatigue and I had stress and I had anxiety because it was all coupled with the baby, you know, and I was just wondering like, how much milk did she get? Which nipple is bleeding? How much sleep did she get? What does the other one have a lunch pack? Where's her shoes? Is there sunscreen? You know, like I had a lot going on, but then it's also just like work, credit cards, housework, you know, schedules with other people. Like there's so much going on, but just like you said, like I still have stress, but I can manage it better. Yeah. I can manage it in, And you're like, Oh, we need, Okay. Somebody just saw the the catalytic converter off of our car. Okay. Well, we got a savings account. That's what it's for, I guess. That still sucks. 
it doesn't take away that things still suck and the bad things happen and that you're going to have emotions around them, but it's like just easier and less stressful. I feel like to handle them because alcohol isn't like notching up that, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. You know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And that's the mm -hmm. thing. And that feeling of helplessness. It's like, you go, someone sawed off the catalytic converter and you go, all right, what are some possible solutions? What are the resources we have? What's the most important thing? Let's put first things first. What are our priorities? And you, and you can do that with a, with a clear mind. Yeah. And I think like when I was drinking, if that would have happened, my brain would have been like, what the fuck? Why is this always happened to me? Why, why is this happening sh- to me? I know. Why is this happening to me? Like, well, how come, like, how come I get to do that? Like, oh, people suck all this yeah. bitterness, you know? Yes. And that's the thing. Like I'd start blaming the world and everything in it for my problems instead of being like, okay, well this happened, you know what? I can't do anything about it. And, and I might as well just solve the problem. That's the thing. Yeah, Or just like mope around and go complain about it and, and waste a bunch of energy. Honestly, (laughs) like you spend so much energy being angry and resentful and like telling everybody at work what a bunch of bullshit drama it was and then the fucking guy at the mechanic shop couldn't even get me in till next week and it's like <laughs> that's uh... so true I know it and then everything just becomes nuts and it, and it's like it's not your fault it's not the booze's fault in fact you're like thinking to yourself when can I get oh I gotta go make sure pick up some vodka because I deserve this vodka this shit that this whoever saw that off of my car, you know, oh my God, yep. so many things. And then you have to go get Botox because you're so, your fucking <laughs> brow is furrowed all the time. So you have all these other problems. Okay, stress and mental fatigue. I know I wrote that one. I mean, I wrote, just to piggyback on that, I did write mental health, depression, and anxiety. And do you yeah. think that's the same? I mean, mental health, depression anxiety is that thing where the alcohol creates it it is created by alcohol and every time I do get whenever I get slightly tempted by alcohol I always think those people are drinking a serving of anxiety yeah and they don't feel it now but they'll feel it tomorrow and I don't want that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it it always turns me away I do think it's kind of mental health is kind of it's it is is all, you know, I mean, yeah, less stress is part of mental health, I suppose. But yeah, mental health is definitely could be its own category for sure. It's huge. It's, I'm going to I'm going to do an easy one. And it's money. Yeah, it's money. I for me, it wasn't as profound because my husband literally makes alcohol and he gets it brought home. I you know, but. I still had liquor store charges on my card. You know, mm-hmm, I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't like spend as much as people did, but if you added up how much I drank in dollars, it was a lot. Yeah. Or bar a bills, lot. you know, you guys went out, I'm sure, especially being totally. like industry people, you know, totally that dinner, that boozy launch. And so money, you save so much fucking money. And anytime anyone quits, even for a week, you're like, oh my God, my wallet's happy. And you don't realize that you don't realize what a priority it is and how much money you spend on vacations. I was like reading, I was like watching a video of this guy, like how to travel to this place with on this much money. And he's like, well, one of the first things I did was I used my credit card points for the flight. And the second thing I did was I didn't drink. Yeah. 
because it's just a useless amount of money and it does not enhance your trip. And I have more money for concerts, shoes, and vacations. I could feed my FOMO because <laughs> yeah. I have all this money. You can go to me. This is, I didn't see this in the one, but when you say to me, Sam hasn't toured in 10 years and this is their only U.S. tour stop. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't miss that. I, I I gotta be at that. And guess what? I can afford to go now. Yeah, exactly. You can afford to go. Afford That's to the go thing. Now. Like, and and yeah. I mean, it kind of ties into the stress thing. Like when that like catalytic converter was sawed off my car, it was thirteen hundred dollars, and I would have been stressed through the roof if. Well, yeah. And I wouldn't even maybe money. had the money. You know, I probably wouldn't yep. have put it on a credit card because we yep. were spending. I don't know if we've ever talked about how much money each of us were spending independently. Let's talk about it. Yeah. But like I was spending, I think we were spending about three to $400 a month um, just on booze. And that was probably, that's probably a low ball estimate. I would say sure. because, because I mean, we had like a certain budget. We tried to go stock up for the month when we were trying to be good. We'd set a $200 a month budget. We'd go to the liquor store and we'd stock up and we'd say to ourselves, okay, when we're done drinking this, we'll be done for we're the month. Done. And then in two weeks we would be done and we'd be like, well, it's fine. Just, yeah. I think it's fine. I deserve this. Last week was really hard though at work. I Fuck need this a. case of wine. I'll just go to Trader Joe's and get a cheap case of wine or cheap. <laughs> and that's what I was going to say is, yeah, you, you might be like cutting back on how much spending, but that doesn't mean you're buying less. It means you're buying shittier Cheaper. quality so you can get more i know it's like I'd, I'd end up being like on the bottom base like the bottom level vodka instead well maybe i'll try the seven dollar handle that's in a plastic bottle Plastic bottle. I was just about to say. <laughs> that's how you know you're really cheaping out when the handle is plastic <laughs> out of the Michael bin blowing down the street you're just like there goes my dignity I know it's so true and like yeah so I mean that's the thing like when I think about that so like I'm somewhere between two months so I mean you know that's like three to four thousand dollars that I haven't wasted yeah. and at some okay. point I was thinking to myself I think I'm I think I'm drinking my retirement away and I really I can't Whoa. I don't even want to think how much money I would have at this point. You know, I'm 44. We have money saved for retirement, but you know, we don't have as much as we probably should, according to like, yep. you know, the financial planner. Susie so Orman. Now we gotta, yeah. So we got to catch up, you know, a little. Mm -hmm. And we've got mm -hmm. plans and, you know, but at least now we have a chance. Like if I kept drinking till my 60s, who knows? Dude. I'd be fucked. And you know what I think about is if someone were to come up to you and say, all right, for $400 a month, you can have, uh, think of something you want. What do you want? A boat. What do you want? A tutor for your kids so they can get into Harvard. Yeah. What do you there want? We go. What do you want? <laughs> Some kind of plastic surgery that's not really plastic surgery that makes you look like Alessandra Ambrosio. What do you want? All the designer <laughs> clothes. Anything that you can think you want, you mm -hmm. go, that's so much money. I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, for $400 a month, you can have a timeshare for a condo yeah. at a beautiful destination for, I'm not for 400 that. a That's month. So you could money. probably drive a really nice lease or something. Not that I even want that, but for 400 a month, you could save 
I mean, I, I mean, you know, let's, I, I don't even want to crunch math on this show, but, but, no, huh? but I mean, seriously though, if you save that, that would be, you know, that would be, you know, several thousand four times dollars 12? per year. Oh yeah. yeah. Four times 12 is 48. So that's 4,800. Right. And so it's then, like, like, what could you do with pretty much years, five grand that you have right. nothing to show for? Right. And so over Except five years, that's 24 debt. grand, right? So over five years, 24 grand, that, that could be a down payment on a house or, or yep. buying your car outright. You know, yep. that makes, that's the difference between like a position of power where you can afford to pay for all the shitty stuff that happens to you. That's just, you know, part of life versus oh stressing out and having to throw it on a credit card or at 29% interest. <laughs> No, you just blew my mind where it's like you could like start your own business or have enough money to quit the job you hate that's yeah. causing you to drink and yell at your family and be exactly. angry and fat and red faced. And like you, you can, you can have the money to be comfortable to like quit the job you hate and like actually live a life that's worthwhile because so many people are trapped under a job they hate because they're spending all their money on those. Yeah. And I think too, don't you feel like that, like the whole money thing, right? Like it's not even just about the money that you spend on booze. It's about like all the, like the takeout you order after you bought the booze because you're too drunk to cook or oh the other God, choices, yes. like maybe the late night internet spending. Cause you're sitting there with your wine self-loathing and you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to order some whatever, because I'm feeling yep. bad about myself. So yep. all the other spending that you end up doing because you're feeling mm -hmm. guilty. Mm -hmm. That $60 Uber you have to take because you stayed at <laughs> the bar after the bus quit running. <laughs> that's true yeah. i didn't even think about that okay speaking of money and fomo did you get those that hokas i sent you last night you did yeah these shoes sarah sent me this link to these shoes that look like they could be like something you'd walk on the moon in. they were just like these thick oh brightly colored suede like yellow ones like super yellow chunky kind of yeah they were super chunky they look cool they really they do. Were so fun. They're like, <laughs> and that's the kind of shit that I can afford to be like, yeah, because I didn't spend that amount of money on, on drinks and wine yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's that's my FOMO, dude. Is those is shoes? <laughs> shoes. All right, I did money. Have we have we button zipped and and uh, tied that one with a bow? I mean, I'm sure we could elaborate on a whole different podcast. Maybe we will. Omg. OMG, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, write in. Um, real quick, I started us a Gmail account. It's soberbaddies at gmail.com. Nice. I, yes. I don't know how I don't know how to check it yet. I need to like sit down, <laughs> look at my computer, hack into it, you know, and like, be able school. to check it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she receives she to... receives telegrams, like the old school kind. <laughs> <Not that>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do. I like things I can touch. I like paper, highlighter. Anyway, soberbaddies at gmail.com. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, write us. That would be awesome. Um, we really want to hear all from right. you. We do. Money, what's next, Elaine? It's your turn, girl. Well, not that it was a really embarrassing drunk, but less embarrassments, I think, should be on that list because there's lots of like drunken. Every every drinker has has a sad tale, has a terrible tale mm -hmm. of something that they did that they regret that they're embarrassed by. We've all had those moments. 
And, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand with never having to be the one who repeats themselves over and over, mm-hmm. <laughs> not having to be the drunk. How about that as a category of all of its own, not having Amen. to be the embarrassing, over-repeating, mm-hmm. annoying drunk. That is bingo. like. Bingo. As they say on blow up, ding dong. I wrote that. I wrote guilt and shame because, well, I was thinking like, okay, you have the guilt and shame of how much you drank last night, how much money you spent, how you yelled at your kids, how you passed out during sex, how, you know, all the things. And it's like, you have that guilt and shame, but the embarrassing behavior, I, I have a being more self-aware because every time you go anywhere, there's that drunk person at the party, at the concert, at the, at the whatever. Okay. And they're embarrassing. They don't, they don't have very good boundaries. They're trying to talk to everybody. They're trying to dance. They think they're funny. And guess what? Everyone knows it, but them. Yeah. And so that self-awareness where you go, where, you know, kind of when to stop or when someone doesn't get the joke or when to like those drunk people, like, they're, they don't know that they're yeah. being really embarrassing. And I, I don't want to be the last one to know. Right. Exactly. I mean, I think like, there's a lot of like, especially in our culture, we just laugh that off. Like, Oh, yeah. people get like that. It happens to the best of us. But like, I, like when I think about the things that I did when I was drunk and thank God, I don't have horrible, horrible stories, but I'm sure there are some that I don't even know because my prob my friends probably spared me the knowledge, you know? Yeah, dude. Cringeworthy. And like, mm-hmm. I have people in my life and they, I've spent time with them and their shit is cringeworthy. I've posted about it on the app. It's cringeworthy. And they just laugh it off. Mm-hmm. A part of being drunk. It's, oh, we were just drinking. Like I couldn't walk in my shoes. I had to be carried out. <laughs> I, yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's like, it's not <laughs> funny. It's yeah, really, it's, it's kind of sad when you start, I think that's, you know, when you start to like be on the other side of that and you're sober and you're watching like drunks, just be drunks. It's really fucking sad kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can yeah. be, there are some people that you're like, Oh, they're just, you know, they're just being a bit silly, a bit talkative. But then when it crosses that threshold from where like security's coming over or yeah. somebody's getting like argumentative loud for no purpose, you know, it's just, yes. Like, and you're just drunk like- people, they have to be loud and they have to be heard and they have to yep. stick their finger out and they have to get uh-huh. in your face. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they just don't, think that you really validated and acknowledged and heard mm-hmm. their point so the they have first to repeat time. it for five yeah times. even though it's like the most basic point it's like yeah I know. I know that was like established got that like so yeah dude guilt shame self-awareness that drunk person at the event that and and also like it comes down to like looks too it's like you don't have to have that red blotch in all the time like you're the only one who thinks that that's normal that's because that fucking purple strawberry of a nose you have (laughs) we all see it but you don't okay embarrassment guilt and shame all right it's my turn i'm gonna go with this one it is the ultimate level up sobriety is the ultimate level up in terms oh, of goals, yeah. productivity, credibility, yeah. and creativity. 
I love that. I really do. I feel like, I feel like what you just said, like, it's, it's all about like the opportunity to structure your life with like new things, new hobbies, new goals, learning a new language, anything that you want to do. Like you, you've got such a privilege now to be able to like, we have such a privilege to even exist. And then like we, you know, to be able to, to just take that and, and, and make our lives better. Absolutely. Yep. And like, for me, like credibility is kind of a big one. Cause I used to be a teacher, you know, and like you, you, you don't want to be that, that drunk person, you know, that people go, ugh, ugh, you know, and, and also just productivity. I work for myself. I work from home and I can work whenever I want. And I can also not work whenever I want. And when someone sends me something, I have the unique ability to open up my computer, process it and boom, put it right back in their court. And like my homework's always done. I'm not mm-hmm. showing up to a meeting going, I'll just wing it or, well, we're still figuring that out. I'm like, so I did some math and I have some questions for you. Yeah. Like no, I'm that true. guy now. And I, I used to be the person who could wing it and I'm good at winging it, which is like, one of my, one of my good traits, you know? I can get up in front of a group and like pull something out, but I, that's not my fucking strategy mm-hmm, anymore. Mm-hmm. I bet. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, it empowers you to be like sobriety empowers you to be like organized on a whole different level and successful on a whole different level. And you get the chance to take charge like authentically and mm-hmm. of, of who you are and what you want to do. And um, mm-hmm. there's so many things that. that- yeah. And like goals, like, I feel like a lot of people um, have like what I call kind of like a self-imposed ceiling where they go, you know, I do have a degree and I do have all this, but they never apply for a job that's any more than just like the fucking office girl answering the phones or whatever, you know? And it's like, I, I have goals for myself now that are more, I have higher goals than I had. I still have the same qualifications experience you know but my goals are higher and and I'm accomplishing things I'm about I'm gonna I'm gonna try I don't want to say it because I might not pass but I'm gonna try to take this exam so I can get letters after my name oh nice I I never would have had the time to fucking read the whole how to sign up page Mm -hmm. let alone submit the application packet which requires like signatures and affidavits from other people I've worked with like it's this Mm -hmm. entire thing I had to compile and I never would have done that drinking yeah well and that's also too because alcohol chips away at your at your confidence it kind of undermines our entire lives and and um you know not maybe not for everyone but I think that it takes up so much space in our lives that a lot of times like we end up becoming complacent especially if you are like maybe a certain level in your life and career like you can kind of easily be like okay I did this I got my degree I did this I checked this box I had the kids I got the house you know and Mm -hmm. so I think there is a lot of opportunity unfortunately for complacency and drinking and for stagnance and when you remove that from your life and you see all the options and you get excited about life again that's huge yeah and you it's it comes back to self-worth and then also on that list I rattle off creativity and I think that you have a a 
a deeper well, a broader scope for creativity. And this isn't just for like artists and creators and makers. It's like, this comes down to creative problem solving and just the ability to see the world in a better way and maybe even put something out into the world that's better. Yeah. You know, I didn't have creativity on my list, but I am a creator and I, I should have put it on there, but I didn't even think about that before. And it's like, yeah, there's, there's so many things that go into that, but, um, I, I was scared in, in early sobriety that maybe, um, alcohol and removing it would make me less creative because I would drink and do things like write and photograph. And I thought that that opened up like this doorway in my mind that inhibitions. Um, uh-huh. yeah. And, and what I quickly realized was that that was just, that was just a mental hurdle I was placing in front of myself and that yeah. that wasn't there. That wasn't at all true. And I actually feel like now I'm more creative without the booze. Oh, totally. Totally. So yeah, it's the ultimate level up. It's the ultimate level up. All right, Elaine, it's your turn, girl. So I think this is probably on a lot of long timers lists, but like better sleep has to be said because better sleep is like sleep. I think. And if for those of you who haven't read Many people come to sobriety and the first book that they're told to read it graces this naked mind, but she really did blow my mind with the whole sleep thing because she mentions in her book, how, even if you drink in moderation, like once or twice a week, it takes like two to three days for alcohol to even like barely leave your system. So it, it will fuck up your sleep for that whole week. Even if you drink once or twice a week. And I didn't realize that after years that was making me fucked up. Like it was just this lack of sleep, like this perpetual lack of sleep state, like where I was, you know, waking up at three in the morning and not being able to fall back asleep till five. And then the the alarm would go off at six 30. And, you know, I just had this really like patchwork sleep thing going on and it was really messing with my mental health. And I didn't realize it, you know, I was in the dark for that with that for years, like probably a decade really. And so once you reclaim that sleep, it's huge. Like you feel good. You start to be able to like do things like exercise, which might be on other people's lists, but you can do so much more. Like it feeds into everything. Better sleep Mm -hmm. feeds into better sex, feeds into better money planning, leveling up all of it. Like if you can't sleep through the night, at least over. And this is a note to drifter drifter. I know you're listening. Drifter. I know. <laughs> if you can't sleep more than a few hours over time, it's going to have a terrible effect on mm-hmm. your life physically mm-hmm. and mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I think and I would, I'd like to hear while. about how his sleep is getting better with sobriety. I know that he yeah. has kind of a wacky schedule, so it must be hard, you know, and you've got other people yeah. in your house, but, but sleep is my religion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't, fuck around with sleep but I did I did for 20 years and people think oh I need alcohol in order to sleep better I have sleep problems so I need alcohol because you think it makes you sleep better because it makes you pass out it puts you to sleep that is not a restful rapid eye movement sleep that is bullshit because you wake up with anxiety (laughs) yeah exactly and then consciousness is not sleep or rest I know sleep is huge that's 
sleep is my religion. And what's the first thing, what's the number one list on all torturers thing of like, let's torture this guy. Step one, sleep deprivation. <laughs> Step yeah. two, death metal. <laughs> we could go back to the handmaid's tale on that in so many ways. <laughs> yes. There we are again. Poor Jews. But dude, sleep deprivation is it's how they torture people. Yeah. It's a mental health thing. Better sleep. Check. All right. Anything else? Close up on better sleep? No, I think we should rapid fire through some of these other ones. Okay. I'm sure we have so many. I kind of have a lot. Okay. Um, my next one I'm going to say is, um, I'm going to say foresight. Okay. Mm, mm-hmm. um, there's a saying in driver's education that says don't over <laughs> Sarah moonlights on the side as a driver's ed teacher who knew I got all A's in driver vacation I have had some unlucky um, moments in the car just like just a couple like fender benders and stuff but I'm actually a really good driver Anyway, in driver's ed, they say, uh, don't overdrive your headlights. And what that means is your headlights can really only see like 10 feet in front of you. And so you need to really have an awareness of what could be beyond those 10 feet. And I think that in sobriety, I have so much more foresight. I have, I come up with a saying, uh, women have foresight, men have foreskin, (laughs) Because sometimes my husband just doesn't. Unless they got theirs think, cut off. <laughs> yeah, but even so, it's like my husband doesn't sometimes think, you know, about just things, how to prepare for things, fucking mm-hmm. an hour in the future. And <laughs> now that I'm sober, I have foresight, and I've been a mom, so I've always had foresight. But now I have the foresight to be able to go. Okay, we're going to this thing. You know, we've got the sunscreen, snacks, water bottles, hats the jacket in case it gets cold. I'm going to hop on and see what it says about parking mm-hmm. so that, you know, if we have to have cash to pay to park or if there's an alternate law or we need to catch a shuttle, if we need to be able to like have that extra 10 minutes, like built in, like that is the shit that my scatter brain fucking trap room ass never got around to doing. It's true. When I was it's true. I think I literally had on the list something like less, less, like my brain being less scattered or something mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. yeah, you do feel like less franticness, like alcohol mm-hmm. made me frantic a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh damn, I forgot the sunscreen. Now I'm going to have to go on this five and dime and pay. Well, it would be a five and dime be like a tourist yeah. shop and pay like $15 for my sunscreen because I was too preoccupied with getting my booze that I mm-hmm. forgot <laughs> buying a phone charger in the airport (laughs) all of that that's that stuff because because alcohol was the number one and Mm -hmm. so all those came after that which means you're spending more money you're spending more time you're spending more mental anguish and fucking mental fatigue trying to scramble those things together at the last minute so it's embarrassing you're showing up to the party half-assed but you have your drink so yeah i got foresight and overdriving your headlights like just <laughs> all right next what's your what do you got so I think I think one of mine so far has been waste and I really and and just you could lump better health all around in this but like mm-hmm. 
Um, alcohol made me put on pounds, like in a big way, mm-hmm. especially as you mm-hmm. get into your, I think there's a lot of getting away with that in your twenties, um, because your metabolism is just so much higher. But once I hit my forties and my late thirties, my metabolism kind of tanked and I blamed it on that. I was like, Oh, my metabolism is slow now. So now mm-hmm. I'm gaining. Mm-hmm. I wasn't looking at the box of Chardonnay I was drinking every two days, you know, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and like, so once I cut that out, you know, I dropped, I've dropped 20 pounds in the last year. Hell yeah, girl. Congrats. Yeah, I know. And it's, and you know, that contributed to not just, that's just not a vanity thing though. It allowed yeah. me to get in the gym, do more exercising. My heart feels healthier. Like, um, you know, my BMI is now in a normal range. Like I, you know, I can do more things. I can have better sex. I can take longer walks. Mm-hmm. I can do all the things that like, I feel like I'm entitled and want to do, or maybe not entitled is the right word, but that I want to do like, because my, my health overall is better. And especially physically, because, um, you know, I've been able to, and it allowed me to set, when we were talking about goals, it allowed me to set exercise goals that I would have never set for myself, which like I climbed two mountains this summer. I did like just some things that I would have never done. And so I structured mine around like, okay, I want to drop some pounds. I want to be better. It wasn't even just, I want to drop some pounds. I want to be in better shape. I want to be, I want to feel better physically, you know, and that is huge. Like, because I, you know, the Chardonnay just plumped me up, you know, it was just all this extra fat on my body that I'm just carrying around. And, you know, it was like, I was starting to get like high cholesterol. Like I had high blood pressure already from my parents. Like I went to the ER for like a, like a heart moment. Like, so Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. I was trending towards like, potentially bad health, you know, and, and alcohol now wasn't helping. Oh yeah. No alcohol was totally like, once I removed alcohol, it wasn't me getting 40 or my metabolism slowing down. It was like, now I feel younger and more fit than I have in the last 10 years. So I know that it had nothing to do with age. You know, I think we yep. tell ourselves that a lot, like age. Oh, it's just, you know, my, I'm getting older. Things hurt more, you know, well, mm-hmm. they might not hurt. If you're not carrying around an extra 20 pounds, your joints might not hurt. Your feet might yep. not hurt. You might not be, you know, experiencing swelling after you, after you hike or walk or whatever, because once you're in better, better f- physical condition, you're just going to feel better and be able to do more. Yep. Your life will improve. So I did put weight loss on mine, uh, but it's kind of different for me because my weight, the number on the scale has not changed for me um, since I quit drinking. Um, and part of that is because I'm just sort of- Because you're I'm, already in I'm, amazing shape. <laughs> I'm just really, I've just always been There's really already, lucky. Yeah, I've always just, my weight, I have like this basal bodies type size weight and I always am just right around it no matter what. Um, but I did, don't make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, I consumed my fair share of calories in alcohol, probably a thousand calories a day in alcohol. Yeah. For me. And, um, I was, I, the word I think is, is drunkorexic. Have you ever heard of that word? I think I probably was drunkorexic because I skipped all sorts of meals just so that I could fit in my Mm -hmm. thousand Mm -hmm. calories of Chardonnay. 
and it's the thing i've never been i've never been anorexic hats off to you if you can do it no get help it's not cool but um i love food i love eating my mom was a chef i love food and so i would cut out all sorts of things so that i could make room for my number one most important best friend priority alcohol and, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't eat bread or I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat all sorts of things. I'd miss out so that I'd have plenty of calories for that fucking 375 calorie IPA, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. let alone all the sugar in that wine. And now my weight is the same, but I'm so much healthier. I, my heart works better. I'm, you know, I'm healthier. The number on the scale isn't always an issue of your fit. Oh, true. Yeah. You know, and, but I get to like, enjoy like my relationship with food again yeah because i'm not trying to balance against the the crazy demands of the yeah it's true because like alcohol is so huge calories it just absorbs especially you know if you don't exercise or even if you exercise a lot it's still hard to overcome that in your day you know from a caloric perspective it's just hard to overcome a thousand calories of booze and if you're if you're exercising if you're a regular exerciser that's awesome and if you're exercising because you consumed a thousand calories of wine last night it's like (laughs) you're not really getting a whole lot out of that you're just getting back to zero (laughs) i know yeah you're just getting back to zero you're not getting you know benefits so Mm -hmm. you're just sweating out the toxins you're not so yeah, weight loss and like food and body, like the way I feel about my body is so much better. All right. You said weight loss. I'm, um, that one kind of goes with health. Uh, I'm going to say I have a couple big ones, but I think I'm going to save them till the, for the, for the finale. Um, I'm going to do time because yeah. I never thought about, so time, time. When you sign up on the I, I Am Sober app, it's like, how much money were you spending a day? How much time were you spending a day? I'm like, time? Time on drinking? What? And I'm like, well, yeah. I, you don't think about it until they until you think about it. And for me, um, the day was over. I thought, I, dude, our guy, Shiki, he said it on his thing. He's like, at beer o'clock comes when you're on vacation. It comes at three o'clock, which signals basically the end of the day. You're not doing anything with your kids anymore after that. You're sitting mm-hmm. there, you're fucking holding up the counter, solving the world's problems over a glass of whiskey. And so for me, the day doesn't end at 5 p.m. anymore. And also, um, it comes down to the time that you spend in re- recovering from alcohol. So that whole following morning. And then also the one of the big ones for me that I noticed, because I normalized being hungover and I normalized doing stuff with the beer in my hand. Okay, but... Being hands-free, I have a small child. And so being hands-free is a big one for me. I got the ear pods for my phone. I I like to be hands-free. And when you don't have a beer in your hand, there's so much more that you can accomplish <laughs> when you don't have a beer in your hand. And like took- my kids have crashed. Don't get me wrong. My kids have crashed on their bike in the driveway because I had a LaCroix in my hand. <laughs> I actually took a, a glass of wine on a bike ride once, like a glass. <laughs> it was one of those cruisers, you know, like, so you're kind of back sitting in the saddle yeah. seat and I literally had it like balanced and it was, it must've looked ridiculous. Like I was wobbling yeah. all around. 
What yeah. a fucking joke that was. Stupid. What a fucking joke. And so for me, time, I've gained time with my kids. I've gained time um, for my work. I've gained time for myself. I have this like long drawn out skin routine now that I never would have had time for because I was too busy doing my 12 ounce curls yeah. and I'm fucking, I'm hands free so I can like help my kids ride their bike. Time. Okay. Elaine, what do you think? Time. That's huge. Anything we can spend time? a whole different topic on time. I, I echo everything you said. And I think that's something we're, um, I think like one of the things I wrote on here was healing, because I feel like when you remove alcohol and you enter into recovery, if you identify as a person in recovery and you start to work on her, you really have the opportunity to heal from whatever it was that was causing you to drink or any other issues that you might've been pushing down and suppressing over the years, yeah. because, you know, I never like now that I'm, I feel like you have the opportunity to work on yourself, self-growth, all those things, but you have a chance to finally heal from some of the, you know, the negative emotions you've been putting yourself through all the shame, all the regret, mm -hmm. all the, mm -hmm. all the things, or, or just even like former trauma that you've been dealing with, like that you either that you have haven't been through. dealing with exactly that you haven't been dealing with exactly. So it's like a whole opportunity to like address those things, lift the veil, you know, look at the skeletons in the closet, shine the light on the stuff, as you said mm -hmm. in the past mm -hmm. and, and really take a hard look at like, you know, why am I making these is, and what, you know, how can I improve, you know, not just for the sake of improvement, but for just for healing, for recovering, like for yeah. moving forward from a, from a place of like serenity and, and, and just, you know, a sense of, of being a real, the real version of who you are. Okay. That's, that's a huge, I think, I think we're getting into some finale uh, content now because healing it's, it's, it's a huge one. And um, one of the things that I was thinking about when you were talking about healing was uh, a quote on the internet that says, it's amazing how much pain people will go through to avoid pain. Yeah. And wow. um, you know, drinking is one of those things that we do sort of shove down and shove away and, and kind of get away, run away, escape from feelings, thoughts, you know, experiences, memories. And, um, I think that when you spend all your time, like running away from something and being chased by something and trying to find out, you don't really get to have any time, like to be yourself and work on yourself and achieve your goals, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, another thing about that, about just kind of running away and escaping is like, there's a thing that they say in sobriety that says you're only as sick as your secrets. Um, I actually, I actually was going to say, we had a listener right in to me and said, nice. I would love for you guys to do a episode about you're only as sick as your secrets and how, you know, sobriety helps free you from that. How do I get through my secrets and my shame so that I can quit drinking? And I, I, I'm not a mental health expert, yeah, you know, right. some of that stuff. We can phone a friend. We can phone a therapist friend let's, for that one. <laughs> phone I would like to know some, some answers. Real shit. <laughs> but a lot of, a lot of people, you know, are using because there's feelings that they don't want to feel, whether it's yeah. like just kind of, it comes for everybody. I think for a lot of people, it comes down to just like that unworthiness yeah. on any, on whatever level that is and however that came to you. And like, 
putting down, stopping drinking, not being tempted at a party, okay, and not putting it in your mouth is one thing, but then not having it and and really looking at who you are, what you're worthy of, why you drink, looking that shit in the face, that's where the real work comes in, you know, and doing it is fucking hard. It's so satisfying. It's true. It's like they talk about, you know, there's a lot of recommendations out there when you go, when you first go sober about sitting with your emotions and like, instead of just reaching for that, like instant cure all in your grip, like to just, to just sit there and think, why am I stressed right now? Like what's causing me this anxiety? What's causing me this stress and really trying to just like let it pass and understand it versus just pushing it down, which is what happens when we just Yep. And it, it, it does not get drunk away. It just gets mm-hmm. set aside Paused. and it always comes back. <laughs> yes. Pause button. And it's that thing where you go, why do I feel this way? Am I angry? Well, am I angry? Is that because I'm sad? Yeah. Or afraid, afraid. And like, if you can just like go to that next one level down way more profound than pushing it away, pushing it away. It's amazing how much pain people will go through which should be, which is something to note that like for people who might be listening to this, who maybe are in super early recovery and haven't considered this, you know, therapy is nothing to be ashamed of. And has actually, no. I think, been critical to me and my own recovery because yeah. therapists are, I had never been in therapy before and ever worked with a therapist, but therapists help you guide through, guide you through all these secure environment Mm -hmm. and help you realize that these are all just normal emotional cycles and not something wrong. Yeah. There's a, um, there's a, or I don't know if I've talked about this. It's just like a cartoon about what therapy is. Okay. It's two people sitting in chairs and they have like these thought bubbles. Right. And the one person's thought bubble is like all these tangle of all these colors of string. (laughs) And then the therapist thought bubble is each of those colors of string neatly spooled up in their own. It's like a neat spool of each color sorted out. And Mm -hmm. that's all it is, dude. There's nothing wrong with you. You are worthy. You are worth it. You are enough. And like being able to just realize that. And actually, if someone would have said to me, like, are you worthy? Are you worth it? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, for sure, bro but I didn't feel like I was, you know, it's true. They help you sort all that. A good therapist will help you recognize that, you know, where, what comes from, what, what provokes, what, what cycles trigger this and that. And, and it just, and what are unhelpful thoughts? What yeah, are unhe- exactly. Cause you feed your brain, your, you know, your brain is fed on thoughts. And so what you, you get to kind of choose your thoughts. And so you need to decide like, what's an unhelpful thought and what's a helpful thought. And, you know, there's all that. Um, Along with healing, I did, we're in, we're into, like I said, folks, we're into some uh, of the encore grand finale stuff. And I think (laughs) with healing goes uh, real feelings is you're, you're getting your real feelings and you're facing them. And um, you, you have the courage to sit down with them and you, you're actually awake for shit. Yeah. You know, bad bad feelings aren't bad. All Mm -hmm. you need to feel all your feelings. Your feelings are important to you. And when you're, when you're stuffing down bad feelings, it's, it's really unhealthy for you to, because your feelings are there to help you navigate. 
situations and they, they, they're there to tell you and teach you something. So if you're avoiding them, it's bad. Uh, go ahead. I want to, I'm going to do a quote. I have a quote about real feelings. Oh yeah. No, all I was going to say was that, um, just, just on the heels of what you were talking about, like, I felt like I didn't realize how much I was numbing whenever I was drinking. And whenever I took that away and I started feeling all the emotions, like I was really fearful about the bad ones that might come up. And I actually found that I was relieved to feel pain actually for once. And that it actually made me almost have tears of joy that I could feel something again. And that it wasn't just this numb. I wasn't this just like numb ghost of a human sauntering around with no purpose. No. And that I actually could like, I mean, like there have just been really simple moments where I've just been in nature, even just for five minutes. And there's like just the birds chirping and the air, the breeze rustling the trees. And sometimes those moments just make me tear up because it's like, I can feel it all. Like I can feel how lucky I am to be standing there, to be present and just to be alive out in that environment. Yep. A moment of silence for that. (laughs) because it's like it's like that thing of like a runner's high like running sucks but (laughs) when you suck (laughs) running sucks but when you're done there's this runner's high of like you endured this pain and now you're better for it and I think that that's kind of how feelings kind of are even bad feelings even pain is you get that like that reward of like, I endured that. And it's back to being the ballsiest thing you can do. You're looking shit in the face. You're not afraid of anything. And like yeah. my therapist says, if if there's an ugly feeling that arrives for him that arises, he invites it in and observes it. And that's I ballsy. That. That's so ballsy. You I know? love it. So um, here's we gotta a have him on. on. Real feelings. I know, I know. I, I got to figure out a way to ask him. That's, um. And I have to decide, do I have to pay him? <laughs> Probably. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Their time is worth a lot. Okay. On the subject of real feelings, this is a quote from a song from the band called Thrice. Uh, the song is called Robot Soft Exorcism. And it came nice. on in the carpool pickup line yesterday when I was trying to do my homework for this. And it says, there's another way to face the unforeseen. You don't have to stay inside this machine. There's a bigger place. There's a deeper dream. Nice. I love that. I'm trying to imagine what it sounds like when it's coming out of, like, if it's like all like death metal style or. Nah, (laughs) nah, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. It's legible. No, I love it. Yeah. Check it out. It's thrice. The song is called Robot Soft Exorcisms. To me, you know, I always say this, uh, sobriety, it's like falling in love. And every song on the radio for me is kind of about my sobriety experience. Mm -hmm. And this, that song was about like coming out of that fog of, you know, using or whatever and, and getting outside the machine and really having your real feelings. And, and it's so much bigger, better, brighter, stronger, faster, you know? So absolutely real feelings, healing. I, I kind of think it's your turn because you said healing and I tacked real feelings onto that and they go together. 
So I, think, I don't know if who's I think the is, last but... things that I can think of on my list that are on top of mine are kind of clarity <gasps> and and clarity's clarity's so huge because I I was like a mental vegetable. I could barely I've always struggled with being able to sync up my thoughts and my speech. Sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like my brain mm-hmm. is moving five steps ahead of my mouth and that would actually result in me stuttering a lot, like not being able to like communicate properly. I, I talked to people mm-hmm. and I couldn't even mm-hmm. like make my point and people would kind of look at me like, what the fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't total Walter Mitty, like in the daydream, but I, <laughs> but I was like, I was one step out. I was like, a, I was like a, a just a completely incoherent kind of mumbling. Like I just, I was, it was tough. Uh And Uh I think that taking alcohol away has allowed me to like my brain and my, my mouth to kind of sync up a little bit more. Like I can think clear. I just, I just feel like overall everything in my perspective is so much more resonantly clear and, and focused. Oh my God. Okay. Here we are. You know, like when you go to a fireworks show and it's like the finale and they've done like firework, 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 firework. And then for the finale, there's like two fireworks at the same time. <laughs> boom. boom. <laughs> that that's clarity. Okay. Because that was going to be my finale point. There you go. And I stole it. Thunder it no, up. You boom, didn't. Boom. No, you didn't. We're doing it together. We're doing it together. And if I had a dollar for every time I fucking went online to look up the uh, signs and symptoms of early onset Alzheimer's, <laughs> because I can't find the word, I can't find a word for what I'm trying to describe. Yeah. I'd have like probably like $12. <laughs> I like how you didn't even put a high dollar amount on it. You were like, ah, 12. It's only been a dozen times. Who are we kidding? Yeah. My, my jar would be overflowing. Mine would be like, oh, that's $60,000 over there. Cause he oh, no, no. Shit. That, that jar for me is the jar of if I had a dollar for every time I went online to look up if I had ADD or ADHD, <laughs> because I don't have any fucking mental clarity because I'm thinking of a thousand things at once. Yeah. And I, I can't quite keep a straight thought or I can't finish a task. And I mean, for that one, I'd probably be able to buy like this pair of shoes right here. (laughs) You know, Um, it's so interesting that you said that, though, because that we're both saying that because I've actually been told by a therapist that that they that sometimes people who drink drink specifically so they can slow their brain activity down because their brain mm -hmm. is just going like on that. I've never thought I've had ADD, but I've definitely thought my brain's just fucked up and I just can't. Like I'm the type of person when I wake up at three in the morning, my brain is on. Thankfully, oh, I don't I keep wake up paper at, and yeah. pen by the right? bed. <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah. oh, I got to remember to write that down or yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I spent some time with the like psychotherapist nurse or whatever, what she's called. I don't know what they're called. Nurse practitioner, psycho, whatever. Psycho Being like, do I have do I have ADD? Do I have ADHD? And we're going through a list of, well, do you, have you ever, when do you often, you know? And she's like, girl, like you have a young child. Like you, you can't, you can't get one load of laundry done like all at once. Like, you know, and (laughs) for me, after I quit drinking, like I stopped because I have clarity. I have clarity on with the clarity.
arguments with, and this is going to kind of bridge over into my next uh, topic, but arguments with my partner, they're not as messy as they used to be because I have clarity. I have clarity and I, I know what I did. I know what I said. I know where I left the fucking car keys. And like, (laughs) I don't, (laughs) I don't, things don't get messy because I don't have clarity. So it's true. Clarity, clarity. Oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm a better mom, you know, because yeah. of clarity, because of clarity. Um, there was something else you said about clarity that I was, that my fireworks were going off about it. <laughs> well, clarity for me kind of ties into serenity a little bit because it's all for me, like Boom. the sense of peace and calm and clear mindedness all around that I have now in sobriety is one of the reasons why I want to hold it on with like, hold on to it with a death grip and never let it go Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I just have a tremendous sense of peacefulness now that I didn't have, even when shit gets stressful, even when there's arguments, Mm -hmm. even when, you know, things are weird or things aren't going the way that I want, or I'm overwhelmed. I still feel a thousand times more calm about it than I do than I did before. Oh my God. That's huge. That's huge. Boom. Like, um, and to me, it comes back to my little thing about having a circle around me where I have a clear understanding of what's my responsibility and what's other people's responsibility. And to me, that's a lot of like what serenity is, is when you have that, that sharp snap judgment ability to go that's within my control. That's not within my control. Right. And you can decide how much fucking energy you're going to devote to that. That to me is what serenity is. And you're not spinning your wheels and spending all your energy. And that that's serenity when you have control over your like emotional energy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you've got plenty of it to spare. I wrote down never having to go into a licking And the thing, the reason why I wrote that down is because if you look at liquor stores from the perspective of sobriety, if you get even 30 plus days of sobriety and you go into a liquor store by some happenstance, I don't recommend it Mm -hmm. (laughs) 30 days, but there's, there's a point you get to in sobriety and you go into a liquor store and, and it kind of looks a lot more sad than it does when you're, when you're drinking, like, like liquor stores, even nice ones are inherently divey. But when you go in there, like what you were talking about, seeing the shackles on people at the bar, like when you would go, like there was, you gave this great analogy of coming off the airport or coming off the plane, seeing people at the bar and you saw like shackles on them. Like they had to get off the plane and go to the bar. That's how I see the liquor store. Now I see like Mm -hmm. a bunch of empty drones, just standing in Mm -hmm. line, like just completely sucked in because, you know, the fact that you don't have to ever enter a liquor store again and stand in that line that you don't even Mm want to be in anymore, Mm -hmm. but you're Mm -hmm. in it because the alcohol industry has done their job to keep you stuck in that horrible place that they so desperately want you to remain in when you don't have to, when you don't even want to do that anymore. And you, and you start looking at that and you feel, fuck, that's sad. (laughs) Look Mm -hmm. how sad that environment is. Mm -hmm. That is Mm -hmm. huge. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I still do go to liquor stores and I think about this all the time. I don't go as much as I used to, 
but I, I have. What do you such do? Just like tour, tour the aisles? Like I, I go for the free lollipops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious though, because I, no, I heard I people like going and they'll just like check out the prices just to check it out. Is that what you do? Like you go in no, and you're like, fuck no, I don't have time for that shit. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> or do you I go, go for your every now and then what? Yes. What? <laughs> well, no, I was wondering if you go for like NA beers or like yeah. kombuchas. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes I go for NA beer because, um, we have like this big, bad liquor store and, um, I sometimes will stop in, like if we're going to have people over or like my mom's coming to town or whatever, I'll go get some NA beers. And my husband tells me about like some cool ones that are on the market now, or this guy, oh, that's this, cool. this brand just came out with an NA portfolio. We should check it out. A lot of times he can bring it home, but sometimes I go get it. Um, and then like, whatever, if my mom's in town, like I'll go buy her a bottle of wine mm-hmm. for like Sunday night dinner. Like I'll, I'll go buy people. But, um, I do think about how fucking gimmicks. It's like every brand has this gimmick and they spend so much money. They make this big fake tractor or this big umbrella. There's always the display. The displays are insane. I know. And everybody's like kind of sold on it too. Like they just think that they're being fancy or quirky or funny or exotic or adventurous or sexy or pretty or, you know, all those things because they get sold on it so dude i love i think that's a great one like never having to go to a liquor store again is well it's something you don't think about but it's such a good one and there's like we have a liquor store i'll keep its name to myself but in denver downtown and like it's the kind of place that based on where it is like there are people literally crawling out of the bushes like right when it opens at eight in the morning but they have all these bins of weird shit right by the register like little minis like little like jello shot weirdness that's like just i don't even know what some of it is like fireball like like booze lollipops like all sorts of just weird concoctions that are like meant to just be like ooh i've never tried this it's almost like impulse yes it's very mm-hmm. driven toward that impulse kind of like oh fun little thing and i think too mm-hmm. because those things are really cheap right like those they're like $1 or $2 or $3 like they really are targeted toward like low income and impoverished populations who mm-hmm. like literally are scraping together like you know, a couple bucks to go in and get like a couple little minis at a time, because that's Mm -hmm. how fucked that is. Mm -hmm. It's so fucked, dude. It's so fucked. Yeah. Dude, liquor stores are, uh, depressing. And those people there, they look, they don't look happy. No, I've never seen Um, a person happy in a liquor store (laughs) unless you're already drunk. (laughs) Even then, you know, ugh. Okay, one of my big ones that I feel like I kind of should have said earlier because I don't I don't know if it's uh, finale material or not, but it can is be my marriage. Material. Yeah, it's my marriage. Um, I kind of quit drinking, kind of to save my marriage, and it worked. Going back to our guy Shiki, I you got to listen to his podcast about relapse. It's it's a little triggering because he takes you through every minute of him. Yeah deciding to drink while he's on vacation and he gave up seven months of sobriety and he Mm. takes you through it and it's 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 enlightening and I feel like I lived it with him and I kind of reached out to him I'm sure he thinks I'm such a fucking psycho because I was like I just felt all those feelings with no Um, I think that's awesome you reach out 
Yeah, but in the podcast, he says, he's like, my marriage was in the last seven months, it was better than it had ever been. And and he and I believe that my marriage is better than it has ever been. And that is because, you know, I have clarity and I have uh, foresight and I have my priorities in line and I'm taking care of myself. And I even though my husband still drinks, this is the thing. This is the thing is I think you and I kind of need to talk about. Uh, we should have a whole separate subject about marriage of one person sober and one person not. And and you, your your husband went sober with you. Yeah, thank you. And, and marriage, I think marriage <laughs> and sobriety. I, th- I I really want to have that as a even though my husband continues to drink, he is still deep, deep, deep in the alcohol industry. Um, our marriage is better because I'm the very best version of me that I can be. And yeah. so I bring that light and that gratitude to the mm-hmm. marriage. I, I don't, I think that if I went back to drinking, my marriage would suffer and then my kids are going to suffer, you know? And like, so marriage. Yeah, no, that's true. And you bring, you bring up gratitude is another one for me. Too. I know I just said it and I'm like, oh, I can't believe we don't have that on our list. Yeah. Because I think that like, um, feeling all the feels, um, healing, clarity, serenity, all the things like they do make you grateful one day at a time, one moment at a time. And, and yeah, when you start to be grateful for things, you don't start, you start moving away from that feeling of like the universe owes me something. How dare this happen to me, 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 you know, and we move away from being me monsters to just being like, wow, I'm really happy that, um, you know, I got a chance to, take my kid to school today. You know, some parents don't have that. Like I really got the opportunity to go to work today. Some people don't have employment. You know, I got to cook my kid a great meal or I got to take 20 minutes to meditate or whatever it is like the, the, you know, just being grateful for the small things like, Oh, I got (laughs) whatever it is that you Mm -hmm. receive, whether it's Mm -hmm. time or, gifts or whatever. It doesn't have to be a physical thing. It can just be something returning to you that you, that you previously took for granted. Even that is, that's gratitude for me. All right. Two things on gratitude. First of all, uh, how does an alcoholic screw in a light? (laughs) (laughs) They don't. don't Here's how they put it in the socket and they sit and wait for the world to revolve around them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've never heard that's, that, but that's pretty good. <laughs> it's fucking a right, dude. And if you talk to anybody who has an alcohol problem, they're a me monster. Yeah, They're a me monster. And it's all about them. And woe is me. And I'm a victim. And I got to get my thing. And, you know, don't use my towel or I don't. And, and (laughs) (laughs) no, but I know what you mean though, because it is a very isolating me focused thing, you know, like, yeah, how dare you? They're me monsters. My last, yeah. And they need because they're addicts, because they're addicts, Mm -hmm. and the addiction has taken the top tier of their priorities of things. And so that addiction is, is showing itself in a way that's like, I need that, that feed me. And, and so the addict is all about themselves because that addiction needs to get fed. Second of all, gratitude. Gratitude is a super. Gratitude mm-hmm. gives you the ability to endure any situation. I'll tell you what, I'm going to show, I'm going to fucking strut for you right now. 
I'm grateful for COVID. Wow. I can, I'm not, I'm not glad it happened. People died. Yeah. Inside my experience with COVID, I can find gratitude. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. It's, it's, it, it is bad and it sucks and it ruined a lot of things. However, there were a couple beautiful things that I was able to see and feel and experience as a result of that. And even just directly tied to drinking, I don't know if COVID, if, if COVID wouldn't have happened and we wouldn't have been in lockdown, I don't know that I would have made that choice to go sober because I was kind of like, well, I don't have the pressures on me from outside society. I don't have Mm -hmm. work pressures. I don't have happy hours to go to. Can't go out to a restaurant. Mm -hmm. It's getting Mm -hmm. annoying to go to the liquor store. (laughs) You know, it seemed like it was, it was a good time to do it. You know, even though a lot of people say, man, we should deserve a medal for going sober during the pandemic. I was like, what do you mean? Like, this is the perfect time to do it. We don't have any pressures on ourselves. We can just hold up at home and heal, you know? (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) No, Um, I think you can find gratitude in, in the most horrible circumstance. I really do. I mean, one of the worst things I ever saw as a photojournalist, me extremely grateful just to be able to go home. Oh God, I'm sure. Oh my God. Um, With gratitude and selfishness uh, real quick. My, my guy, my, our therapist, he, he says the, um, he goes, the, the, the heart of all suffering is when you say it isn't supposed to be this way. Mm -hmm. When you go, well, this is the way it is. And this is what I have to be grateful for. And these are my options for what I can do about it. That's back to that thing of like serenity. Also, uh, inside gratitude. He says, you can't, he says something about how, like, you don't have a choice about whether or not to feel pain, but you do have a choice of whether or not to. That's true. I think that's really true. Yeah. That's like some of that Victor Frankl stuff. Well, and I mean, perspective, which isn't on my list, but it is a thing is, you know, we have the, we absolutely have the opportunity to choose. Yeah. Alcohol plays a role. The industry plays a role. We have to hold alcohol more accountable, but we do have the choice to choose to, to live a different way, to look at alcohol with different pairs of eyes than we have in the Mm -hmm. past and to, Mm -hmm. to change our perspective around it. We, we no Mm -hmm. longer have to look at this as, um, I'm stuck. This is just how it is. Um, you know, we can empower ourselves to completely mm-hmm. change how we, how we feel about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somehow in there, I just got the idea about self-care. We didn't put that one in there. Oh, yeah. I guess self-care. we could care. We could well, follow it yeah. up with beauty. Self-care is one of those things that just goes out the window when we're busy, you know, but yeah, yeah. folk, I mean, it's one of the tools I feel like in sobriety, um, and I suppose it's a, I suppose it's a, it's a benefit because we end up focusing on it more and we lean on it more than we probably realized we needed to. Cause we kind of just don't think about self-care when we're drinking. Like there's like, I didn't even brush my teeth on a regular basis, you know, yeah, I mean, in the evening <laughs> I brushed oh, yeah. my teeth with Chardonnay at the end of the night. That's oh. how I mm-hmm. ended the night. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised mm-hmm. my teeth are still all in my head. 
Well, that's the thing is like self-care isn't just about beauty and looking good. Self-care is about like giving yourself honor and letting and knowing that you're worthwhile enough to take the time and space and energy to like drink that cup of tea sitting down, you know, or do that mask or just like wash your face at night, you know, go on that walk, listen to that music you know, get out the supplies and paint that picture. Like that's self-care when you're honoring yourself. And I think our chicks over there at uh, two for one next door in Sobertown, I think they did a whole thing on self-care. Yeah, I bet. I mean, you know, it, it's also too like worthiness, like that you just mentioned, like, I didn't even think of that as its own benefit to sobriety, but like, feeling that sense of worthiness again and not having to feel unworthy and just knowing that you are enough that you deserve (laughs) sobriety. I mean, that's, that's, that's things that I think you can get into a mental trap as, as a drinker, as a substance user, because you think to yourself, I don't deserve to be happy. I deserve this, this horrible place I'm in. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to keep using to put myself there. And And even if you have something good in your life, if you've got this cool job or this cool mm -hmm. thing, you have that imposter syndrome where you think I'm such a fucking fake. I'm such a faker. I'm such a phony. I don't deserve this. This isn't really mine. I'm just tricking them. That feeling goes away. Yeah. Because that demon is not inside your head anymore. There's just you. Bye bye demon. Bye bye. (laughs) Bye bye. Um, have we gotten it all? Where are we? Well, we're never going to get it all, are we? No. But no. I think we have definitely cracked open a lot of oh, topics. I have one more. I have one more. One more. One more. Priorities and values. Priorities, Priorities and, values. and values. All right. I went to the book club on the IAS Zooms. And oh, nice. the guy that that leads it, I think his name is Vince. Oh, yeah. sorry if I get your name wrong. Mm-hmm. He's so cool. I think he's a college professor. Because he he's just, he's so neat, clean, and organized, and respectful. And I just we love your really respect. Points, <laughs> yes. I so <laughs> respect the way he runs a meeting. He runs a class. He, he's, he respects everyone's time. Who's there? It's not just like the Vince show where he's there to like practice his fucking stand-up routine. He's like <laughs> actually there and I just love him. So shout out to you, Vince. You get a gold star next to your name in my book. But one of the things, it was like, we were there to talk about a book, okay? And he's like, before we start talking about this book, I want to do a quick exercise with everybody. Take a piece of paper, just anything, and write down a list of all the priorities in your life. What are the things you value? What are the priorities? Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to give you a couple more minutes. Okay, you got about one minute left. Finish up your list. Oh, I just love him. him. And then he goes, okay, what's on everyone's list? You know, he's like, all right, we're not going to go around and read our list. We don't have time for that. But I bet a lot of you said, you know, uh, your family, your marriage, your kids, your job, okay, your health. He's like, but if I would have asked you to write this list six months ago or a year or whatever, would you have put alcohol at the top of that list? Mm. You probably wouldn't. Your list probably would look the same as it does now here in this sobriety meeting. But every single one of us, alcohol was at the top of that list. That's true. And and everything else was one notch down than where it is now. You know, what's so cool about that you mentioned that too, as a potential tool for people is that is straight out of smart recovery, which I know that Vince is a huge fan of and has shared some of that knowledge. He went through a similar exercise on 
one of the Saturday calls, I think. And it really actually got me interested in smart recovery um, as, a, as the organization. There's like a whole website you can go on with Zooms, which is um, just a more intellectually non-religious um, mm-hmm. you know, recovery program mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. can be a part of. And it comes mm-hmm. at it from a totally just nuts and bolts, making sense of it. Um, brain science kind of right yeah exactly and it totally strips that whole religion higher power component out of it which i think is really important for yeah people who are like trying to weigh like AA or no AA. Yeah, yeah smart recovery yeah. cool well hats off to vince he's got a gold star next to his name and uh for me on this list of gifts of sobriety priorities is one of them because yeah. i never knew that alcohol was my first priority I mean, I'd show up late to shit because I had to make sure I got to the liquor store. And I was like, no, 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 this is a priority. I really, it really does matter to me. It's like, yeah, but not as much as getting that cold bottle of Chardonnay. It's you know? true. And my yeah. life, it's little tiny things, but my life has uh, started to change because my fucking priorities are in line. And if, if you think, if you're drinking and you think your priorities are in line, I dare you to quit drinking. <laughs> And then take a look at your priorities. I dare you, because it's a big totes big diff. All right. Well, and and it's such a great opportunity too to be able to like just completely shift your priorities once you like get away enough time away from booze and you start to really examine like things you want to work on, things you have time for now that you that you want to explore. It's it's like there's a whole different subset of joy that just happens when you're like, I'm excited to work on these things now. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's, there's so much light. Okay. So I wrote down every single thing we talked about. Yeah. Here's what, here's what I want you to do listening at home, boys and girls is you've got your bingo sheet of all the things that are your gifts of sobriety. Cross off the things that we also cover that we share together. And if there's something that you are enjoying as a gift of sobriety, uh, write in, let us know. We're supposed to be getting a Sober Baddies Instagram. And yes. I'm, I'm gonna get it as soon as I figure out how to uh, check the Sober sober Baddies Gmail. I'm gonna use that Gmail to sign us up on the Sober Baddies Instagram so that the Instagram can be something that Elaine can contribute to because I, there is a Sober Baddies Instagram, but there's nothing on it right now. And it's like a subset of one of mine, which I know is dusty as shit. I never (laughs) check it. And that's something I brag about. So I want it to be something that Elaine can hack into because I think she's got, you know, what it takes to make it actually interesting. (laughs) So... I want to read off our whole list of everything we said. Power through it. Go. Okay, I'm just going to power round. through it. Go. Okay, this is reasons, or not reasons to stay sober. What's our topic? Um, It's like unexpected benefits. But yeah, benefits of, of going alcohol-free. And this mm-hmm. is the speed Gifts. round. Gifts yes. you can expect. Better yes. sex. It's a ballsy thing to do. Better relationship with your kids. Beauty. Uh, stress and mental fatigue money, embarrassment, self shame, and guilt level up on things like creativity, credibility, protect productivity, sleep, better sleep, better foresight, less scattered mind, weight loss, or better relationship with your weight and your food, time management, healing, real feelings, clarity, liquor store, 
or trips eliminated. (laughs) (laughs) Marriage improvement, partnership, uh, gratitude, perspective, self-care, worthiness, and in a proper arrangement of your priorities. But yes, that goes in there. Serenity. So if there's anything that's on your list that we didn't cover, we want to hear about. Wait, soberbaddies at gmail.com, right? Soberbaddies at gmail.com. And I think what? Oh, no, I was going to say, and feel free to share our, like any ideas you have, topics you'd like to, or people that you think we should talk to. I know we're like, we like just got good at interviewing each other. And so we're going to get bold and like, see if maybe we can interview. Uh, we, we can just, handle it. I know. Do you know about the comic? <laughs> His name is Theo Vaughn. Have you ever listened to him? Hmm. He's from Louisiana and he's like, he's super funny. He's just got this, the way that words come out of his mouth are like so funny. He was like talking about someone with like really crooked teeth, like a whole upper row of teeth in their gums. He's all, that's like an upper balcony. That's like John Wilkes tooth. <laughs> he's just so funny. Uh, he's so funny. And I would love on like Instagram or whatever and be like, get some like so we're celebrities to talk about yeah, sobriety. We should on our little I think, on our little podcast. On our little podcast. Yes. <laughs> Until then, I am with Sarah Malloy. And I'm here with Elaine Skyler Neal. We have loved having you hang with the Sobaddies. <laughs>